You're listening to Wealthy-esque. We are a community of lawyers who believe that true wealth is having control of our time. I'm Ro Thomas, and as a busy wife, mom, and big law associate, I know all too well the tension between the culture of the legal profession and pretty much everything else you want to do in life. Each week, I'm bringing you the information and tools you need to take back control of your time by reframing your mindset and managing your money to achieve lifestyle freedom. Take the first step toward regaining control of your time by downloading your free Lifestyle Freedom Starter Guide at rowthomas.com start. Hey friend, welcome back to another episode of Wealthy S. I hope all is well. I'm sure you are super busy, so I really appreciate you taking time out to spend with me. Today, I want to talk about financial independence and why I believe every lawyer should be on this path. As I've mentioned before, the two keys to achieving lifestyle freedom are mindset and financial independence. So changing our mindset changes the way we relate to the world, the things we allow in our lives, and what we believe is possible. It helps us take control of our time now by helping us set stricter boundaries, make ourselves a priority, etc. Financial independence takes that a step further because it removes the money concerns that tend to constrain our choices. So I love talking about financial independence because it was so life-changing for me when we found it. Like the idea that we would not have to worry about money again was just mind-blowing. So today we're going to talk about what financial independence is. We'll get a little into my money story and my family's journey to financial independence. And then we'll talk about the framework that you need to consider when you're trying to reach financial independence. So let's jump into what financial independence is. Financial independence is the point at which you no longer have to work because your investments and other assets cover your living expenses. The typical rule of thumb is that you are financially independent when you have 25 times your annual expenses invested. Now that comes from this 4% rule that was derived from a study called the Trinity Study. Some researchers looked at a bunch of different retirement portfolios over uh, different periods of time to determine what a safe withdrawal rate was, uh, the amount of money that the retirees could withdraw and not run out of money before the end of this period. In trying to reach financial independence, your savings rate is hugely important. The rule of thumb for financial independence is tied to your annual expenses. And so if you have a high savings rate, then you necessarily have a lower expense rate. You're spending less because you're able to save more. So your savings rate is really important and it will dictate how quickly you can reach financial independence. And people in the financial independence community typically are striving for savings rates like 50% and above. There are certainly people, though, who are saving less than that, but 50% and above is going to get you there pretty quickly. And of course, there are 
different lifestyle factors and such that come into play, like whether you are, you know, single or married, or whether you have kids or not, um, where you live, if you're in a really high cost of living area, then you you might not be able to save as much as if you were in a lower cost of living area. And then, of course, just your tastes, your preferences. The mainstream media has been highlighting the fire movement a lot lately, and they tend to highlight the sensational stories of like people cutting their living expenses to the bone and, you know, they only eat ramen noodles and they walk or bike everywhere and, you know, all that so that they could reach financial independence as quickly as possible. That doesn't sound appealing to me. Right. So that's what I mean by tastes and preferences. I'm not trying to live a life of deprivation. And that's not what the financial independence movement is about. But I think those stories get, you know, the clicks and the views and all of that because it's so unusual. The point of financial independence is optimizing your spending so that you're spending in line with your values, which almost necessarily will be less than the spending that we do when we're not being intentional about it, right? Like it's nothing to click the buy now button on Amazon and get whatever we want in two days free shipping. But when you are being intentional, then you are really making sure that you're optimizing your spending and you're not spending a bunch of unnecessary money. And then you're able to use that money to go toward your own financial goals. The media also puts a lot of emphasis on the retire early part of the FIRE movement. So FIRE, the acronym stands for Financial Independence Retire Early. And the media puts a lot of attention on that retire early part But that's not the point either. There are people who decide to retire and travel the world and all that kind of stuff. But there are also a lot of other people who continue to work. Some of them continue to work at the same jobs that they already hold. Some of them reach financial independence so that they could take a different job, something that fuels their passion. A lot of people get into entrepreneurship You know, it's a little bit less risky when you really don't need the money. You can try different things and not worry about how you're going to eat, right? So yes, there are people who decide to retire, but the whole point of the movement, it's about setting yourself up so that you can live life the way that you want to. Now that we know what financial independence is, I want to tell you a little bit about my money story. So we'll go back to when I was in college. That's when I got my first checking account. And I was working at a work-study job. I maybe got paid, you know, $100, $150 every couple of weeks. And I would consistently get my checking account down to $1 and have to not spend any money for the next week until I got paid again. Um, because I just didn't know how to manage money. It was my very first time doing it. Then in the summers, I would go back home and I worked at the mall. And I used to order from the food court on my lunch break. Every time I was working, I was eating lunch at the food court. I might have worked four or five shifts 
on average each week. And so I remember one of my friends kind of bringing it to my attention how much money I was spending on food. Like he asked me if I always ordered food or if I ever considered eating before work or, you know, bringing food with me. And at that point I was ordering every time and I didn't think anything of it, you know, $5 here, $7 there. But if you're doing that four or five times a week for a month, that easily adds up to, you know, a hundred plus dollars. And I just had never thought about it like that. And he helped me by teaching me just some basic money skills. And it was enough to pique my interest. And I ran with it and I started tracking my money. And I learned that I was pretty much eating all of it. I was always going to uh, Chick-fil-A and going out to eat and all that kind of stuff. I looked into high yield savings accounts. I opened a credit card so I could start building credit during my senior year of college and all of that. So like that one conversation just kind of turned things around for me. I started learning about the things that I'm supposed to do to manage my money. And my boyfriend at the time, now my husband, was already pretty good with money. And, you know, we started talking about some of the different things that we knew. And we went along in law school and med school making good money decisions, aside from the, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars in student loan debt. But aside from that, like the managing our money day to day, um, we were doing well with it. And when we got married, we continued those good money habits. When we had access to 401ks, we started maxing them out. And, you know, we paid our credit cards off in full every month and we were saving and paying the minimum on our debts and living life. You know, we thought we were doing well. And as I shared before, the turning point for us was when we had our first kid and we started looking at, you know, the way that we wanted to live our life and realized that what we were doing was not it. And so that led us eventually to the financial independence community. And we came across all of these people who made less than what we were making, but were able to have this freedom. And it was really interesting because it's just a a different way of thinking about things. So whereas we went about all of the normal ways that society teaches you to manage your money, these people looked at things differently and they got a completely different result. And it was amazing. I remember one story in particular. I don't recall if they were in the financial independence community, but it was a couple who were teachers and they wanted to pay their house off so that the wife could stay home once they had their first kid. And I think they paid their house off in something like five years. And I'm like, okay, so people are paying houses off in five years. But not only that, like they're doing it on more modest salaries than what I have. So if they can do it, then we can figure out how to do this, too. And so that's how we got started on our whole journey. And as I shared before, our plan has been playing out really well. One of the big concerns that my husband had when we first started looking into it was he wanted to be able to enjoy our lives. We had been in school for so long at that point. I think we were, I was a, I was a second year 
about to be a third year associate and my husband was in residency. So we were only a few years out of school after having been in school from kindergarten through, you know, age 25, 26. So he was really concerned about being able to enjoy life now and not depriving ourselves for one day being able to live life the way that we want to. And so we make sure that we do the things that we want to do, adjust the budget as necessary from month to month if there are things coming up and that kind of thing, because we don't want to go off, like putting everything off until the day that we finally reach financial independence. If you follow me on Instagram at I am Ro Thomas, if you don't follow me, go ahead and do that. But you might have seen my post on National Splurge Day last month, which I didn't know was a thing, um, but it is a real holiday celebrated here in the U.S. in June. But I posted on National Splurge Day about my favorite splurge, which is my Valentino Rock Studs. And that's an example of what I mean by like spending on things that you care about and making sure that you still enjoy life now. You just have to have a plan for it. And so we've got things in our budget that are specifically planned for fun purchases. I truly believe that it would be beneficial for every lawyer to strive for financial independence. No matter what your current work situation is, whether you like your job, whether you don't like your job, because I just think there's no downside to having options. Like I really enjoy my job. Yes, there are parts that I don't like and I could definitely do without, but we're not even fully financially independent yet, but just being on this path, we have so many options. Like we've paid off hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt and we keep our expenses pretty low and we're in a good place financially. And the current pandemic underscored a lot of this for us because like we've both received pay cuts and like we're seeing people losing their jobs, unfortunately. And, you know, we realized that if one of us were to lose our job, we'd still be fine because of the way that we've set up our expenses. Being on the path to financial independence makes things that normally would be huge concerns, it just makes them kind of an inconvenience. And having those options, that flexibility gives you a lot of freedom. So you're able to get even more control of your time just by restructuring your finances in a way that you are trying to reach this goal. So let's get into the framework that you want to consider in trying to reach financial independence. And framework is probably like too formal a term, but it's the little areas or steps that you need to be thinking about when you're trying to reach financial independence. So the first part is just questioning the way that you think about money, like the typical things that society teaches us. And usually it's something like this, like somebody bringing up the concept of financial independence to you if this is the first time you've heard it and making you realize that there are other ways of thinking about it. We weren't questioning anything before we were just going along, you know, doing the typical money stuff that you're supposed to do until we stumbled on this community when we were looking at how to pay off our debt. Finding people who were on this path and sharing their stories made us start questioning the traditional notions that we had about money and how things were supposed to work and all of that. So hopefully 
I can be that for you. I'll make you start thinking about different ways of handling your money. And hopefully I can set you on this path if you're not already on there, because as I said, it has been truly life-changing for us. I think too, mindset, which we've talked about before, is important even in the financial independence piece because you have to believe it's even possible for you to attempt it. And seeing other people doing it, I think, helps to show you that it's possible, especially when you're seeing people who are in similar situations as you or who maybe make less than you do or have whatever circumstances that make you see that it's possible for you. So I want you to consider your mindset. Just think about what your life could be like if you pursued this path. Also your values. So we talked about getting clear on your values when we talked about the importance of mindset. And that's important with financial independence as well, because the whole thing underlying financial independence is spending on what's important to you, spending in line with your values. So not just buying the biggest house you can afford because that's what society says you're supposed to do and getting the nicest car on you know the longest loan term and whatever else. If you don't care about cars, then don't spend on cars. If you care about shoes, like I do, go spend on your shoes, right? But you spend in line with your values and it allows you to make your life what you want it to be. What you care about, spend on that. What you don't care about, slash it, right? We're not spending money just to spend it anymore. One thing that I say all the time with new lawyers, there is a difference between being wealthy and looking wealthy. And I think a lot of times in professions like ours, people get caught up in trying to appear wealthy. They want to buy the big house, buy the big car, buy you know, all the fancy clothes and the shoes and go to all the fancy restaurants, but you're, you spend up all of your money and then have nothing to show for it. And you're putting in all this time at work and you're so tired and so stressed out and all of that. Just don't worry about trying to appear wealthy. If there's something on that list that you do care about, sure, spend on that. No one's saying that you can't, but don't spend just because you feel like you're supposed to because you're a lawyer. And you're supposed to have this type of appearance or whatever. The next thing you want to consider is your budget. And you want to figure out how much you're spending because understanding how much you're spending now is a great starting point to show you where you need to adjust. And a big thing in most people's budgets is the big three, your housing, your food, and your transportation. Housing is likely your biggest expense. And, you know, if your housing cost is, say, 50% of your income, then it's going to be really hard to make progress on your goals. So you want to look at the big three, especially, and see if there are things that you can do there. Because if you can make changes in these huge categories, then smaller things that people tell us to look at they just don't move the needle as much. So if you can make changes in the big three, you're going to move the needle a lot faster than making a bunch of little changes in other areas. The whole point of looking at what you're spending is you want to grow the gap between how much money you're bringing in 
and how much money you're spending because the gap is where your wealth is built. If you have expenses that are at or exceed your income, then you're not going to be able to make financial progress. You're not going to be able to reach financial independence, right? You've got to have some money to work with. You also want to eliminate debt. And there are some debate in the financial independence community about different debts, if it has you know, this higher interest rate versus lower interest rate and what you should put off and that kind of thing. I don't think that there is a right or wrong way as long as you're being intentional about it. For us, like the majority of our debt was student loans and it was pretty high interest rates. So we were focused on paying those off pretty quickly. But, you know, maybe if you've got something that is lower interest rates, then you're not as concerned about it. But you need to be thinking about how to eliminate debt. As we talked about, your savings rate dictates how quickly you reach financially financial independence. And your savings rate, really, it could be called your investing rate because we're not just saving money in a savings account or putting it under the mattress. You want to put your money to work for you in investments and keep it simple. Whatever you decide to invest in, just make sure that you understand it and you understand why you're investing in it so that you'll stay the course. Just want to make sure that you are thinking about investing and not just saving money in a savings account, but then also make sure that whatever you're invested in, you understand the investment and you understand why you're invested in it. You want to look at insurance. What good is it to build your assets if you don't protect them, right? So on top of health insurance and car insurance and homeowner's insurance or renter's insurance, you know, thinking about life insurance, if you have dependents, like people who are dependent on your income, um, you could consider an umbrella policy, something that extends um, those other policies that you have, provides extra coverage. Maybe disability insurance, you might look into that and see if that's something that you want. But then finally, I just want you to enjoy the journey. It's a marathon and not a sprint. And if you're miserable the whole time, then you're not going to stick with it. This is the long game here. We want to make sure that we are enjoying what we're doing and we're continuing to make good progress and we will ultimately reach our goal. As I said, pursuing financial independence gives you options. And I don't know who wouldn't want that. So let's recap. Financial independence is the point at which you no longer need to work for money. Your investments and other assets cover your living expenses. You're considered financially independent when you have 25 times your annual expenses saved. When you are thinking about reaching financial independence, you want to question the things that you have learned about money. You want to look at your mindset. You want to look at your values. You want to look at your budget and see where you can cut expenses. You want to think about how to eliminate your debt. You want to think about your saving and investing. You want to think about insurance and then finally enjoy the journey. All right, so that's it for this episode. Join me over in our private Facebook community, the Wealthiest Community, and let me know what you think of financial independence. Had you heard of it before? If you got value from today's episode, I would really appreciate if you'd leave me a written review. 
Reviews help more people get exposed to the show. Please also subscribe so you'll get new episodes as they're released. If you have a friend or two you think would enjoy this episode, go ahead and share it with them, friend. And if you prefer to share on social media, please tag me at I am Ro Thomas on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. As we close out, I pray that you will start to question the traditional beliefs you have about money and the way that life is supposed to be. I pray that you start thinking about ways you can apply the concepts behind financial independence in your life. And I pray that you will continue to take steps to regain control of your time, build wealth, and live the life of freedom and choice you deserve. Talk to you later.